Hey, Andrew. Hey, Michael. We start every episode the same way. Yeah. Hey, hey Andrew. Hey, Michael. And guess what? <laughs> what? We just bought a house. Is it haunted? Uh, well, I actually asked if it was haunted. They don't know. Uh, no? I, oh, this will be a fun discovery if it is. Do you, do you kind of hope it is? Yeah. <laughs> the house that I grew up in in Indiana, it I'm pretty sure it was haunted. Of course, at the time I was a teenager, I had a very, very overactive imagination. But there were times when I was really like, it'd be like 3 o'clock in the morning and I'd wake up to children laughing. Oh. Yeah, I'd like look around the window like, what the hell is going on? And there's no kids out there. And I would hear this on a regular basis for a while. It lasted for about a year that I would hear children laughing in the middle of the night. Well, that's creepy and then we always had this couch that no matter how much you straightened uh, and cleaned it up or whatever i would walk in it looked like someone had been sitting there but no one had even been in the room this was a huge victorian house that uh, we had rooms that were useless they were like show rooms just rooms where like whenever mom would have company we'd go in there so it'd be like once every month you know someone would go in it just you know that kind of weird thing and then you always hear someone i still remember when we first moved in i was by myself i wasn't used to the fact that the toilet upstairs flushed on its own so the very first time it happened i I was I heard it and then I ran outside. I don't know why I ran outside. I don't know what that solves. I just sat out there. I'm like, I'll wait till my parents get home. I'm not going back fight in there. Or flight reflex. You have the flight reflex. Oh, I have to tell you this though. This is the scariest part. Is we have a basement, like one of those old stone basements. It's all gross. You know, nothing's been done with it. It's fallen apart, and sometimes rats would show up. Well, if you go in one of the closets that's in there, actually, I think it's the only closet that's in there. There was another room, but in Inside that room, someone had dug out about four feet up a giant hole that you would, I guess you would crawl into, and then there was another room, and I have no idea what that was about. Oh, weird. Yeah, so it was a scary house. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it might be. This is actually just a a sort of a ranch. It's not like a a long sideways ranch. It actually extends towards the backyard, and it's uh, one story. It was built in 1964, so it's totally mid-century. Oh, but is it it, uh, uh, built Um, on uh, ancient burial ground? Maybe it's quite possible. It's possible because you don't you don't see a lot of horror movies set Um, in uh, ranch houses. They're usually in old Victorians and stuff like that. Something with a long history or log cabins. This isn't this isn't like Victorian, like you said. This isn't one of those big creepy old houses. I have my work cut out for me because it's all yellow inside why is it all yellow previous owner painted it yellow every why? room why would you paint anything Which, yellow but... yes i want my house to be the same color as my urine yes that sounds perfect <laughs> it's it's a really robust urine oh color so it's, it's a vitamin fill very yeah it's someone who it's, had a lot of b vitamin <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a very sunflower because i worked as a house painter for a year i know all the ropes except for what paints to actually buy because i never did the buying of the paint but i know how to apply all the paint and yellow is the most difficult Ugh, to cover that's awful the only thing that could be worse is maybe lime green the entire house that or pink hey lime green yeah. might be okay all right so why- it all depends on, on color combinations but haunted i don't know i i hope but i hope it's like a benign yeah. haunting funny haunting like ghost turds basically <laughs> that's kind of what i'm hoping for ghost turds you go into the bathroom there's a turd in the toilet my wife didn't do it i didn't do it nobody's visited who did this turd? That's what we're hoping for. We're not hoping for monsters popping no, out closets. No, but one movie that we were going to discuss today, in fact, most of them have monsters popping out left and right. That is the House yeah. series. The, yes. And uh, this was your 
your idea. Oddly enough, this was your idea, but at no point did you ever think to connect this with the fact that you just bought a house. And you're moving in in October. No. <laughs> I was thinking, it's October. Last year, you had me do an October list, uh, the very first time I've ever been a- on a podcast. And I mentioned, no, I didn't mention House 2, but I, I forgot that on my list. And I desperately wanted to put it in there, but I couldn't because, you know, of course, it was like a three-hour Oh, my God, were our shows long and- in the beginning. Now, we really tested people's patience. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So, House 2 is really my goal here, but we have to get through the, all right. the others. So, let's start with the um, first one. We're, we'll go in order. House. House. Enter at your own risk. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone, but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. It has been waiting for him. Now, it wants you. Horror has found a new home. House. Enter at your own risk. Um, actually, this is my favorite one of the bunch. I actually really enjoy the story. William Cat is re- just really, really good. He plays off well with George Wendt. And uh, well, most of the tell me the story. Were... Tell me the the bare bones, straight, quick, and dirty story. Do it. William Cat plays Roger Cobb. Roger Cobb inherits a house from his aunt who just committed suicide. Right? It was his aunt, right? Not his grandmother. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was his aunt. He goes into the house. He's a writer. He's a Stephen King style writer. You see, you see, he's a Stephen King style writer. <laughs> I went into that voice. And uh, he, he's going through difficulties in his marriage uh, because they lost their son at that house uh, earlier, I think a year or two earlier. And he's trying to finish his book, but at the same time, he's dealing with a lot of serious emotional problems. Part of it is because of the house. Part of it is because of the book that he's working on, which is about his time in Vietnam. And the house basically feeds on his fear it's like as his stress grows it gets stronger and stronger and besides the fact that it's trying to taunt him it also uh gives him the opportunity to face a lot of those fears it's a it's a very guilt-laden film yeah extremely guilt-laden film there's the guilt of the divorce there's the guilt of the the lost friend in Vietnam, and those are the two heavy things. So, well, the guilt the of losing his son too. Yeah, and that's the divorce oh, part. Okay. That's wrapped up in the same. The son and the divorce thing is a catalyst to get to the Vietnam guilt, which is I think is the most arcing guilt. That's the heavier heavier thing in his life. You know what I like about this movie? Uh, out of all of them, the the comedy in this one for the most part works because they play it straight. It's absurd, and the reactions to the absurdity is what makes it funny. Uh, George Wentz surprisingly plays it completely dry. Yeah, and uh, well, almost William Cat is almost the funny one, but well, not completely dry. So, but... It's George Wentz dry, so it means it's funny every time he's like deadpan, but he's delivering a funny line. Yeah, but I mean, under the wrong hands, and it's surprising that. Uh, that Steve Miner, the director of this, would fall so flat on his face with his next movie, uh, Soul Man. Uh, it seems like when Steve Miner does horror movies, it's pretty straightforward, you know, pretty, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's not generic, but workmanlike. That's what I want to say. Workmanlike, it's, uh, there's nothing really wrong with that. He's just a guy who works fast. He gets what needs to be done. You've seen Lake Placid, right? Yeah, he did do Lake Placid. He did uh, Forever Young, My Father the Hero, Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. Lake Placid excelled. 
at what it did. I think Lake Placid is is where he's got all cylinders firing. He's got the perfect cast. He's got a good story. He's got fun all throughout. And this is a lot like Lake Placid. Yeah, it handles a lot of the different elements correctly. Um, I think this is his best movie. Uh, Lake Placid's okay in my book. It has a good script. Um, But I I enjoy House more. The only thing that undermines House is uh, the rubber work. You know, it's a rubber reality movie, but some of the costumes don't work. Some of them are really great. Uh, yeah, the the monstery stuff popping yeah, the, out of the, the walls. Yeah, the really big you can one. Tell that it's an armature. The big beast that talks yeah. in a really high pitched cartoon voice. That that take that actually took me out of the movie for a while. Now I saw this back. Yeah, uh, I've seen it since, but I've I saw this back in the day when I was a kid, and it didn't terrify. And nothing scared me. Nothing does scare me. Is it because you're dead inside? Um. But I know what's cre- I know what's creepy, and I know what's horrible, and I know what's terrifying. Uh, but I don't ever get holy crap, turn the lights on about anything. And this movie is it can't be like that unless you're a child. You know there is if you are a child, like yeah, eight year old maybe. Yeah, there's movies that make my skin crawl and uh, made me really uncomfortable growing up. Um, I can count them on one hand. But there's one movie that should not have bothered me so much was Critters. I don't know why that movie scared me so much. <laughs> it was it was my very first like scary movie or it intended to be a scary movie. I went sit on the ground for a week. Well, maybe it's because the furry things are cute. They're cute or or possibly cute things that are furry and you want to cuddle with them and touch them and hang out with them and pet them and then they're monsters and they're yeah. horrible at the, the same time. That's possibly why uh, back- it disturbed you. Because I know right. you like dogs. Oh, oh, I just watched Cujo, and that just tore me up inside watching that dog fall apart and turn into a, a monster. Uh-huh. The uh, Back to the house. Um, yeah, house. Hold on. The rubber suits you were talking about, I think the best use of it was with Richard Yeah, Mall. I like the closet monster. Outfit. I thought that was pretty good, too. Like, what, uh, the, the the outfit, like, like the he's basically a zombie with uh-huh. a big machine gun. And that design, how they did it and implemented it, was incredibly well the, uh, done. When I, the very first time I saw this movie, I think it was around 92, 93, and I was not used to Richard Mole playing a villain because I don't right, see him Right, you just wanted him to play the dumb guy. Yeah, right. he always plays the dope. And when I saw this, I was like, whoa, this is such a revelation. But, you know, knowing more about movies and his career, you know, he, this was leading up. You know, he was doing villain roles up to this point, And Night Court was kind yeah. of interspersed in between. Then in, uh, Night Court's obviously became his main thing he started doing comedy all the time but then it switched yep. back like the minute night court was over with he went back to doing this kind of stuff yeah weird well i th- i like this movie i do i do but it's not my favorite of the bunch no your your favorite, favorite is- of the bunch go ahead is house two last year audiences everywhere thrilled to a terrifying film now there's an all-new house. It's like you got some kind of alternate universe in there or something. With brand new owners. And it's getting weirder. Look! It's a prehistoric bird! I've seen enough tragedy and disaster to make you want to upchuck in your shorts. Two friends inherit a fantastic house and a 170-year-old mummy. Surprise! Who is this? You can call me Gramps. They're in for more trouble than they ever imagined. House 2, a second story. This place gives me the creeps. It is so... They took the concept of a strange house and the whole portal into memory or whatever with the Vietnam thing from the first one, and they just threw it up into a ceiling fan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> threw all the pages up into a ceiling fan, let it get all chopped up, put the pages back together. They came out with a strange Aztec Indiana Jones slice 
of uh, Western action horror movie with fantasy elements, and it's amazing to me. It also also has the, a uh, it also has a, a link to Cheers. The um the fans of the first movie were furious with the second movie because they turned into a full kids movie. Ah, now it's not even a kids movie though. I see it as a kids movie. The problem with the second one is that people don't view it as an anthology. It's it's like a TV show that can take different angles, like the way Amazing Stories would. One week you'd have a serious one, yeah. one you know, like a, then a whimsical one, then a dark one. Than a silly one. It's supposed to be an anthology centered around one thing, a house. I think it's during a period where everybody was looking for more gore. They were looking for a villain that you can connect to and more gore. And when they saw that uh, it wasn't the same house, none of the people from the first movie returned. There was no villain to connect to because this is all about franchises in the 80s. Everybody wanted to sequelize yeah. with a, a character that you could root for. Usually you were rooting for a villain that would kill stupid people, but house the focus of house was never that. No, um, no. Nobody's stupid in it, except... Uh, I still don't like the second one as much as the first, but I'm starting to appreciate it more as I get older and the more I see it and the more that I understand, oh, this, like I said, is an anthology. Okay, now, let's let's break this down. A guy inherits a house from his... I forget who, it doesn't matter. He gets there with his... Very gross. Yeah, he gets there with his uh, fiance, who's a pop starlet. The house starts acting weird, Very much but so. not straight off the bat. Bill Maher is a music producer, and he shows up with some bimbo lady and they exit stage left really early on in the movie but just enough so that there's some tension going on between the main character and his girlfriend and that's all incidental i'm not painting this too well yet it's a halloween movie so they have a halloween party but before they have the halloween party they go exploring and they find his uh great great grandfather's grave and they dig him up for some stupid reason and he's alive but he's a damn zombie (laughs) as he says himself it's amazing this old guy guy he was in ghoulies 2 uh, royal dana <laughs> oh yes great character he's, actor he's i just so watched good. him in something um, this would, and he does comes. this really funny old prospector guy uh, as a zombie at the same time with the portal thing that they're calling back to the first one that's like the major idea that stayed over the haunted house slash the first one had the portals to the memory time this is portals into past into the history of wherever they are there's prehistoric stuff in which there's a little bird a pterodactyl basically it's a puppet but it's hilarious and then there's caterpillar but it's a dog so it's a dogger pillar did you did you ever get that i you know what i will say this those that's where i got kind of turned off it's too cutesy those do- that dog and that bird are just too cutesy and that's why i say it's a kids movie uh, i see why you say it's a kids movie and it definitely appealed to me when i was younger like that but um appeals to me now because i like creature effects uh, and i like how stupid things look sometimes I, like the bird it's obviously a puppet but it looks really stupid and funny as it's like running around with the the macguffin is the skull the crystal skull before spielberg got his hands on this crystal skull yeah it was in this movie and uh, it's the macguffin the whole thing is this horrible bad villain black bart type guy who's also a zombie is coming after the grandpa for the silver skull the silver skull is the only thing basically keeping either of them alive so you have this western theme thing going on you have this jungle theme thing going on and at some point jonathan ratzenberger comes over as an electrician slash adventurer with a cutlass opens up a wall into some strange 
Mayan slash Aztec ritual city thing in which they rescue a virginal princess type lady. This movie's all over the place and I love it for it. John Ratzenberger is probably my favorite part of this movie. Royal Dano is amazing as well. The funny thing is how much they did with such little money. I mean, back in the day, you had to create, especially if it was an independent studio, you had to create these worlds on very tiny amounts of money. Yeah. Now, this is not a surprise with horror movies because they've always kind of been kind of tightly budgeted. But this is beyond a horror movie. This is like Indiana Jones style movie mixed with horror. And to pull us off on like two and a half million dollars stuns me. Yeah. You also have an early appearance from Kane Hodder as a man in a gorilla suit who gets his butt kicked by a professional wrestler slash barbarian. Yeah, whoever that was. Yeah. I don't know his name, but the guy's enormous. But he he has the build of a He-Man action figure. <laughs> he does. It's ridiculous. He doesn't look normal. But And he's also big, but I'm used to seeing the He-Man action figure squat and small. But this guy's taller than that, but he's the, like the width, the proportions of that He-Man action figure. It's nuts. Yeah. So Alright, so this movie didn't do very well compared to the first one, but it did well enough for someone to keep the franchise alive. But New World was in serious financial trouble, so MGM came calling, picked up the franchise in a weird way. Yeah. It was sold as House 3 overseas. Yeah. Here it was called The Horror Show. Nobody's going to miss Max Janky, especially Detective Lucas McCarthy. He was born bad and stayed that way. <laughs> Nobody's going to miss Max Janky. He sent 50,000 volts of juice through that scum. Looks pretty dead to me, Professor. Because he hasn't gone anywhere. Lucas, I'm coming back to tear your world apart. I told you I'd be back. This is just the beginning. <laughs> but here's this, the part where it gets very strange. In Italy, there is a franchise called La Casa, which of course means the house. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 1 and 2 were released under La Casa. Mm-hmm. And then two exploitation movies, I think Ghost House and something else, were also released as La Casa. Yeah. So by the time the house was released in Italy, La Casa was already up to part five. <laughs> so in Italy, House 3, aka The Horror Show, I believe is La Casa Part 8. Gosh. Those Italians did that with Zombie as well. Yeah, there's tons of those. Crazy. And Beyond the Door. Yeah. Beyond the Door is another one where they kept milking it. Yeah. So this one has Lance Henriksen as a cop who his partner gets killed by a serial killer right in front of him and he gets his just revenge by watching the serial killer get executed. At the same time, around the same time, at Shocker came out. Wes Craven's Shocker, which is a far... Yeah, su- I think they were like about four months apart. Yeah, that's a far superior film. And this sounds like, to me, one of those in insider track things we have a guy in dreams or in using electricity whatever to get from house to house but he's a ghost concepts it's like semi freddy kruegerish but yeah this is what this you is don't the have very to sleep. end of the rubber reality this is when every 1989 is the worst year for horror movies because every franchise died that year yeah uh shocker to bring that back isn't a great movie but it is far superior to this movie yeah i i don't understand shocker all the way literally i watched it last night but i sit there and I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the ideas that Wes Craven was trying to bring about seem to be beyond the budget. Yeah, there's a, there's and a scene where it, there's a family sitting there watching television and... That's my favorite part. You want That is my favorite part too! The decor because of the house is terrible. amazing. It's so good! Look at the paintings on the wall. Look at... Whoever designed that scene was just like, I'm gonna do this dream of mine to design a really kitschy, tacky, yet surprisingly pleasing room. 
<laughs> it's perfect. Well, I think it's funny is they're they're listening to the stand-up guy laughing harder than anybody ever would, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Lance Henriksen's seeing a whole different show. But my favorite thing is how everybody was in slow mo, like ha ha ha. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about two different movies. Wait, did they have the same exact scene in Shocker? <laughs> I didn't yeah. notice it. I'm talking about Shocker. And Shocker has what? Yes, it, it's it's a very uh, I, I don't know I don't really want to say John Waters, but it's a very John Watersy decor in the scene. But the the people in it are less affected than the scene that you're talking about. Okay, I must have missed yeah. that part or whatever. The scene that you're talking about in the House scene. Three horror show is just bizarre. This yeah, it goes on forever, and those kids are just I wanted them to play the laugh and slow like. See, I, I'm going to go on record here. I hate this movie. It's Oh, yeah, it's garbage. I hate it so much. And Brian James, who is the villain, said... <laughs> he said <laughs> he said it's his favorite role, Ugh. according to the IMDb. Right. And we all know that the well, IMDb doesn't lie about anything. But if you look at his roles, though, there's not a lot of room to be like, I like that one. Uh, that was not so much. They're almost all, yeah, crap, that sucks. And my favorite is uh, his over-the-top British actor and in Tango and Cash. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think my most enjoyable Brian James movie is Crime Wave. <laughs> but that mo- His laugh is so yeah, unnerving. Yeah, but it's, it's also an obnoxious movie. Yeah. Like, so, as far as his his where he's a, a major role in it but the best one he's in is blade runner obviously oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the movie so, which i fell asleep in every single time i watch it every single time <laughs> but asleep. it's you can't you can't discount it's good you can no, fall asleep it's during beautiful good movies. it's beautiful and boring i dated a girl like that once <laughs> uh, haven't we all <laughs> maybe I don't know. Some of us haven't. Who knows? Anyway, House 3. What went wrong? Why is it so terrible? Well, A, if you're going to go the route... The problem with the House series is that they take huge turns away from the previous movie. The first one and the second one aren't that far apart, even though it's more of a fantasy than horror. But then it's like they were trying... Sure, but it's still a house... It's house-centric. It's like they were trying to make up for it in the third one by going full-on slasher, gore. Okay, how many times can they possibly drop the F-bomb? The scene where Lance Henriksen is getting interrogated is the worst thing in this movie. It is so insane. Oh, you will come in, come in, you. It's like, uh, come on. There's they had. I think feel like they were improving the whole thing because the script was not done. Yeah. In fact, isn't this an yeah. Alan Smithy movie? Or I just, the script was written by an Alan Smithy. I have no clue i haven't looked that deep into it it's just so bad the direction of it is pedestrian it's yeah you know what it's shot very of well it looks time good. there's this way that films were shot in the late late i think the cinematography uh, is fine it's just everything else that sucks you think so oh i think that this i think everything looks of its time it looks of 87 to 95 oh well i'm completely okay with that i'm just saying of that moment the cinematography for a horror movie was pretty top-notch because horror movies were not really focused on how they look. Oh. They were more focused on the gore and the special effects. The atmosphere, sure, is good. They have a lot of atmosphere in the movie. but I feel like a lot of this was shot in empty warehouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. And smoke machines and steam machines. Yeah, this whatever. is during that weird period, that very brief period where a bunch of independent movies uh, decided to, uh, hey, let's go get Lance Henderson. He was really good in Aliens. Let's have him play the lead. He was never really meant to be a lead. He's always been a good villain or a supporting role. Yeah, a major supporting... Uh, is his best and I, I i like lance henriksen he's a he's a surly old cuss nowadays and i think that's cute one day i hope to be a surly old cuss i'm on my way <laughs>
way. I'm already there. <laughs> I'm so already there. Yeah. So, uh, this movie, though, he doesn't do too well. And it's not because of him. It's because it's what the project is. And yeah. the director doesn't direct him well. Like you said, the whole improv with the F-bombs everywhere. At some point, somebody should have cut and redid it. And for some reason, like, oh, we're out of time. We gotta go. <laughs> it's like little things in this movie don't make any sense. The turkey monster is actually pretty nauseous. Oh, yeah. What the heck, right? This is like, let's do some Freddy Krueger stuff here. And yeah. put his face in the food. Like, as if the face is part of the food. Ha, ha, ha. Doesn't work. Nothing works speaking in this movie. Of, yeah, speaking of nausea and faces in food, we might as well just move on to the fourth one. Yeah, well, okay. House four. Home, deadly home, right? Roger Cobb has returned to his father's house. You're making a big mistake. He promised he would live here. There are many memories of the past still sleeping in this house. I'm tired of that house. He never knew he would die here. His wife has come home to an empty house. Do you think there are ghosts here? Or has she? Ah! Who are you? The plumber. If you love being scared, welcome home. Now, the only thing that can protect her is a love that wouldn't die. House 4. Open the door if you dare. House 3 is terrible. House 4 tries to link the first yeah, and the last. Which, okay, explain to me. Is tries... there a long gap between the two? Is it supposed to be many, many, many years down the road? Or did he marry yeah, somebody who had a kid? To... I didn't grasp what exactly the relationship, how that happened. Or if anybody even cared. It's Yeah, it didn't really matter. It's just Roger Cobb is now with some other lady. I suppose his divorce, they don't even mention it. Like, they don't really need to. Yeah, but to. it kind of craps on the end of the first one. They never mention his son. They never mention his previous wife which i thought they got back together at the end of the first movie and everything was peaceful and happy the fourth one kind of undermines all of that and then you're like well who's this lady and why is why is this is that his kid because that means this movie is at least 20 years difference you know between the first and the fourth one well this movie also let's not get into the movie yet let's get into the style of it this is shot really cheap as well this is even more of that era that i was telling you about the the look even more like where they use like red red gels on the the lights and blue gels on the lights and so like one half of the person's red and one half of the person's blue but it's not even like that cool new wave look it's badly lit it's mostly badly staged there are a couple of moments that pay off but then it's too little too late. This is the point where the franchise obviously was at its end, but Sean Kenaham found a way to sell it again. He sold the rights to New Line Cinema, and New Line Cinema was interested in doing direct-to-video movies. They had experimented that with the Critter movies, and uh, I think there was another franchise that they were doing sequels to. I can't remember what it was, but uh, this is when they started going, hey, Leprechaun? I don't know. Leprechaun, maybe? Or was that No, that was Vidmark, Trimark. Mm. Uh, But they had purchased the rights thinking that they could launch another series of house movies meant straight for video like for a low budget yeah and oh man is this movie low budget i would say this probably isn't more than a million and it shows yeah it really shows the house itself is in the middle of nowhere they didn't have a neighborhood (laughs) there's no neighborhood there's like a foothill in california behind it and there's just this house and it's a victorian or an edwardian house whatever i don't understand that first 
I don't understand the location of that house. Why is it yeah, just... Yeah, it's very strange. Alone... Well, and he acts like there's this huge history, but he never bothered to ever mention it in the first movie. I just feel like the only reason they added William Cat and Roger Cobb was somehow to make up for the damage from the third movie, you know, and the second movie having nothing to do with. Yeah. You know, just like a desperate attempt to keep it going. Yeah, so Roger Cobb has this house. He's not going to sell it. His stepbrother comes over and is like, we got to sell it. And he's like, no. Because it's, I'm still alive. If I'm dead, then it goes to my wife. So, no. And maybe after she dies, you can have it. But it's not going to happen. Except it does happen. He does die. Really early on. Yeah, they uh, kind of wipe him. He shows up periodically throughout the movie. but Yeah, it's, um, it's the he has to come back and save the day sort of thing. But um, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a poetic kind of way. Not a very good poem. But poetic nonetheless still the wife moves back into the house she decides not to sell it there is native american gentleman who knows about this portal in the, in the basement tell me about that what is that i'm sorry what what i missed all of that tell me about the portal in the basement i don't remember there being a portal in the basement that's the, the big deal was there's a seal in the floor in the basement and the native american guy came over and blessed it or something <laughs> okay here's what i remember from the movie i'm your pizza man i'm your pizza man i remember that <laughs> Um, no, don't get into it yet. We have to wait. Do not get into that yet. Pizza Man, fine. Do <laughs> not get so into it yet. I have been itching to talk about that. Do not, because we're going to be yelling over each other about it. Uh, anyway, do not yet. Okay, so the brother wants to get... That's what it was. It's a, it's a well. Hey, I actually... There's I like that actor. He's he's pretty good. Scott Burkholder. I looked him up. He hasn't really been in much throughout his career. He just kind of like, oh, he's one of those day players in a Bruckheimer movie kind of person. Oh, yeah. And uh, he hasn't acted in 10 years, but I actually enjoy his performance. Yeah, he's really sleazy, grimy. We're going to ruin this movie anyway. So what he does is he orchestrates his brother's death. That's a twist at the end that we realize. There are some weird hauntings that go on in the house in the meantime and it's kind of trying to protect the lady perhaps it the haunting doesn't really make sense her daughter got hurt in the wreck as well and so she's in a wheelchair so there's some wheelchair based haunting stuff going on at the same time or the daughter can't get away because she's not in her wheelchair stuff no yeah. like it's not really of too much consequence but there's a part and i'm not there yet there's a part where the henchmen are down in the basement trying to blow up the hole the the seal over the the well it's like a spiritual yes. well a native american spiritual well it keeps the whole world in harmony or something and they want to use that for toxic waste we're, I, think, I think it's weird that i've never I, I have no memory of this i literally watched it last night <laughs> we're almost there though do you remember the bugs and the snake the what the bug head and the snake head yes yeah oh and they shot each other yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay so that's later on but that is a good payoff for a second because the bug head the ant head whatever and the snake head masks and the the costuming there was really really great that's really positive I really enjoyed looking at those. The scene itself, whatever. They kill each other. Blah, blah, blah. Why do they want to dump toxic waste? They're in bed with this little... They're in bed with a little man who has many ailments. And one of them is... Take it away. The uh, He needs a phlegmatic. Is it because of the toxic waste? Because he's constantly surrounded by toxic waste? It is the most revolting. It's horrible. I'm thinking about it now and I'm starting to 
ch- you know, I want to hurl. But uh, he has all this. Yes. It's, it's the worst and thing. I I, I, almost, I, laughed. Well, I texted you when it happened. I was like, I'm going to chuck, dude. I'm going to throw up <laughs> right now. And I've seen this movie like three times before. And uh, I think it's funny that I've seen this movie three times and I still don't remember the portal in the basement. I saw it one time but, before uh, and I remembered as I was watching it this time. I remembered. All right. This is, oh, this is going to make me sick. Yeah, he, he has this insane amount of phlegm or whatever <coughs> it is that comes out of his lungs. And he uses a suck machine to... <laughs> which is not even the worst part. It's terrible. It is not. The worst, you would think it would the, be. The, the, the worst part, number one, is this. When he talks as this is happening, he has, like, pudding in his mouth or something. And he's just letting it ooze onto his lips as he's talking so it's like doing that slimy sticky mouth thing and it's a close-up that's worst part number one that's worst part number one part number two part two (laughs) they take the stepbrother and they force feed him a glass of it (laughs) good god (laughs) y'all It's so... Okay, if you want to watch a horror movie, just watch that scene in this movie. That is your horror movie. All the ghost stuff, move it aside. Just that. Um, And that stuff actually doesn't seem like it even fits in the movie. No, it's... It's a tonal shift. The whole subplot about, or the major plot, even though it's... Seems like a it seems like a subplot, but it's still a motivating plot. It seems like it's some to get them out of the house. Yeah, well, you remember how we it's... talked? We were talking about how like there was a trend in the late eighties, early nineties of these oddball movies that were trying to be as strange as possible, like The Dark Backward and uh, Yeah, uh, Ruben and Ed. You know, trying to find this niche of truly oddball, bizarre things, and this seems like that extreme like this is so strange it doesn't feel like a horror movie it doesn't feel like um a comedy it feels like just some sort of out of nowhere bizarro film it feels like a trauma movie this is what i realized when i was watching okay it. yeah like a gross out trauma movie i wonder wonder where lewis abernathy even came from or where he went the guy who directed this movie because i got nothing on him huh well I, he did a favor he wanted to try his hand at directing and realized Maybe. he's not that good at it <laughs> i don't know all right so there Ro- is one Rod- scene that saves this movie in my opinion what's that's that? the one i was singing about before yes there is a super enthusiastic pizza guy at the door who gives it everything that he has and you can tell that this is probably one of his first performances and he's like they're all gonna remember me for this yeah because it's probably <laughs> the only thing you ever did i'm your pizza man i'm your pizza man and i'm delivering your favorite pizza pie i'm your pizza man i'm your pizza man and I am everybody's favorite takeout guy. You never have to worry that your pizza will be cold. Cause I keep it heated up on my engine's manifold. <laughs> so the next time you are hungry for a pizza in a pan. <laughs> don't forget to call your favorite pizza man. <sighs> Twelve fifty, please. This is gonna make me a star. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and the little girl keeps singing it. That's why it gets stuck in your head. If he had just done it, it probably would have gone away. But she keeps singing it. But then the pizza itself joins in on the song. And yeah. that's where the scene just... I love that scene. So the next time you get hungry for a pizza, you know. 
Don't forget to eat your favorite pizza, man. And that's that's a pizza. That's a food face thing too. But yeah. it's whose face is it? It's nobody in particular. So that's interesting. It's it just an it actor. It oddly reminds me of Cabin Boy when he's. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Cabin Boy, but I remember like the moon was chewing some chaw and he spits oh. it. Yeah, like, yeah. On so top, the, on the face in the moon. All right. So I think we're at the end of this series. Uh, part four. Why, 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 why? Roger Cobb comes back and encourages his wife in some direction and in a way saves the day. That's what I was saying about poetic stuff. And then the, the oh, stepbrother yeah, yeah. gets his just rewards his comeuppance and it's dumb so the first two obviously have been available on dvd and streaming uh for a long time part three the horror show just came out from shop factory on blu-ray dvd and the fourth one is going to be the one that's a challenge you either have to find it under the radar hint hint wink wink or you're gonna have to get a vhs player because it is not on dvd i have no idea why it's still not on dvd but maybe new lines just sitting on it because they don't technically own the rights maybe and then they do so they don't want to share the profit or whatever i don't know who knows? This is back when New Line Cinema was still a tiny, scrappy little independent studio, and they uh, they were just winging it, I guess. Look, here's why. Here's why. Up. Because New Line is Warner Brothers now, and Warner Brothers wants to have money so that they could put it into DC movies. So they're not going to put out a Blu-ray, which costs a pretty penny, to or even a, a DVD. There's not a big market for DVDs anymore. Right. They're not going to put it out for any kind of money because there's no call for it. It won't make them money back. That's yeah, why. And they don't license things out. They don't license titles out to other companies. So we are out of luck on this one. So if you download it, uh, I don't blame you because yeah. there's really no other way unless you're going to dust off a VCR and go buy a copy for 15 bucks used. Yeah, well, of the four, yours is one, mine is two. Favorites. Mine is two? No. <laughs> Mine is house two. Yours is one, mine is two. All right, so this is the end of the episode. We want to let you know that uh, this episodes are probably going to slow down. Yeah. We were kind of going crazy for a while there. It's going to be a little more sporadic. I'm going to be filling in as much as I can with some mini-sodes. Cool, And Do it. I think we're just going to be kind of popping in once a month. The, the mini-sodes I had an idea for, uh, it's launched by this episode here, is uh, called Franchise Frenzy, where I do a very fast episode giving crazy descriptions of these franchises that were all over the place for people who just want to save time. They don't want to devote 20 hours of their life to watching a series. And I'll just give you the rundown. All right. That sounds interesting. Informative, time-saving. And fast. Yeah. Short and fast. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do this about once a month. Nothing huge. It'll be okay. uh, uh, for five six movie thing but it, it won't be once every week because i got i gotta paint a house man yep so and hopefully it won't be that haunted maybe just ghost turds i hope it is the stories are so much better if it is yeah maybe on that note i've i've got to right. get off to go uh paint a house i've got to go fly to the moon and take a bite out of it because it's cheese yes i'm hungry i like cheese all right kids good night good night and happy haunting <laughs> Yes, I want my house to be the same color as my urine.